What's the crack? Welcome to the Irish Boys Podcast. We're here tonight to watch the Manchester United vs Copenhagen game. Massive game for Ayrton Hag in the scope of things because this is really must win to keep the Champions League hopes alive. I'm at the kitchen table again with Mum. How are you? I'm fine. Well, no, actually, I'm not. Yeah, I had uh, the cold in and the last one. passed it on to everybody in yeah, the house. Yeah, seemed to have infected everyone. Um, so Hello, probably everyone. was a bit poor on the last one as well, folks, who so apologise for that. Um, we're going to try and make that a wee bit better now. So hopefully you can hear this clearly. But yes, team sheet. Are you uh, shocked? Um, yes and no. I thought he might have dropped Anthony because of the scrutiny he has, he has come under, the criticism he has come under. Yep, agreed. Just take him out of the firing line for a bit. Because <clears throat> I agree with you, tonight is a must-win game. Yeah, I've seen Christian Eriksen line up alongside him in the press conference yesterday, so I knew Eriksen was going to start. And to be honest, we're a bit later than we would have been. We would have tried to do a, a pick of the team selections, and then Kieran's up there on Instagram. I said earlier, I thought it was going to be Scott McTominay and Christian Eriksen, because I think if you're playing Christian Eriksen, you have to play a holding midfielder. And Amrabat is not up to speed. Now, I think a lot of people would have wanted to see Amrabat this evening. I would have been one of them, yeah. I don't think that would have been the right call. It's a rare occasion when I would say Scott McTominay should start. But I think what we've seen at the weekend against Fulham was, and it was weird, Christian Eriksen played as a deep line midfielder. He was there holding kind of in the deeper role. Scott McTominay and Bruno played as 10s, and Ten Hag tried to attack that way. And by and large, it worked in spells, and it didn't work in other spells, and it looked a bit misshapen, but I don't think he trusts... Sophie and Amrabat enough at the minute to start? Uh, in my opinion, I think it's because we have no forward-playing defenders. We're going to sit deep. We're going to sit deep with Johnny Evans and uh, Harry Maguire. And I think that's why he's not picking Varane at the minute. Because it will be quite a defensive... I thought it was quite a defensive setup when we played Fulham. Well, tell me this, right? Fully fit at the minute... Right, irregardless of what they've done beforehand, do you pick Harry Maguire or Raphael Varane? In this setup? In this team, in this team at the minute. Harry Maguire or Varane? At uh, the minute? At the minute, Varane. No, not a chance. Maguire has to play. He's the informed Maguire player. Maguire is playing because we're sitting deeper. And he's a better defender that way. But he's, he's choosing better to play defensive deeper. Play. Harry Maguire can't carry the ball out of defence. He can't do that. Neither can Johnny Evans. Neither can Raphael Varane. Raphael Varane can, Rory. I would say he could in the past but I think you're living off the memory of Raphael Varane and not the Raphael Varane of this season because the Raphael Varane of this season that I have seen has not been great he's lost a yard he and doesn't look confident and he's lost his partner but what does that say about Raphael Varane and the mistake of Raphael Varane that he needs his partner fit to play I mean at what stage in Manchester United are we going to have a fully fit start in 11 week on week start every game no team in the Premier League is experiencing that at the minute I agree so we're saying that Raphael Varane has to have Martinez. I don't believe that. I think Harry no, Maguire is in that team because he's playing better at the minute. He's I, in form. I'm sorry, not necessarily Martinez, but a player of Martinez ilk that can carry the ball out from the back. That that's why Andrew and Anna. That's why they're all. It was indicative of that game and at Fulham that Onana wasn't wasn't doing the sweeper keeper job. Right when you have, when you have defenders holding the high line. Because Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans can't do that, right? But you can't have one defender holding the high line and the other sitting deep. Both yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that Raphael Varane isn't in the team tonight because Varane 
is not in the same form that Harry Maguire is. And Harry Maguire, whether you like him, hate him, whatever you think of him at the minute, is virtually undroppable because he has been Manchester United's best centre-back by far so far this season based on his current form. So to take Rafael Varane and place him into that team and upset that back line, which is largely ineffective as a duo, but playing better than much of what we've seen this season, does not make sense to me. And I think that it's a nice thought that we all have that we would love Rafael Varane to start in. If we were picking our fantasy team, Rafael Varane would start over Harry Maguire. But in terms of the chemistry of the team, the back line, playing with Johnny Evans, playing with the other players around him, no, I wouldn't have Varane anywhere near the starting lineup at the minute. Yeah, but if you're going to sit deep, you would pick Maguire today. So we're saying that Varane can't sit deep? I mean, to me, if you're saying sit deep, you're talking about who is the better centre-back defensively. I think Harry Maguire is a much better Forget this running forward, forget this passing game, this attacking. Is Harry Maguire, because to me, if you're going to play it deep, you want your two best centre-backs on. Now, the reason he isn't taking Johnny Evans' position is because Johnny Evans is an out-and-out left centre-back. Varane cannot play there, and Maguire looks very unsettled there. So it's Maguire versus Varane for the deep right centre-back. Maguire won tonight. Do you not think that's because Maguire at the minute is better than Varane? No, because of, the, because of the point that I made. Yes, no, I, I take your and point. And I think Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans played as a partner, as a partnership at Leicester. So they'd be more cohesive in the back and especially sitting deep in that But defense. that's my point to you. For me in football, if you're playing with two deep centre-backs, you want your best defender on the pitch. So why then is Eric Ten Hag tonight, based on this one game, saying Harry Maguire is a better defender than Ferran, so I'm playing Harry Maguire? No, well, for me, it's that, again, horses for courses. We're sitting deep. Harry Maguire is a better deep defensive. So when player. does Raphael Varane start over Harry Maguire? When Martinez is back fit? Almost oh, definitely. So Raphael Varane is going to sit on the bench. Now no, I don't think so. I don't because the way that Eric Ten Hag, through necessity, is playing, he's playing with, he's sitting back. He's not playing. Andrew Onana was brought in to carry the ball out from the back. That cannot be implemented because we do not have the defenders to do that at present. Well, here, tell me this. Are we saying then that until Martinez comes back and he can have a fully fit for Ran and Martinez that he is not willing to take the gamble and play higher up the pitch? He can't. Okay. Why was Ange Postacoglu able to do that with Tottenham the other night when he lost his two centre-backs? Now his two centre-backs went off the pitch, he was reduced to playing a full-back and Eric Dyer. He didn't change his style. No, he, he didn't. He didn't change his philosophy. He didn't change his principles. No, he didn't. But Eric Ten Hag seems to... And he got hammered or You remember that? He did. He got hammered with nine men. Yeah, but what he still I'm, got hammered. He did. But what I'm saying to you is, at what point is Eric Ten Hag going to have the balls, the actual bottle, to play a high defensive line with the defenders that he has and stop hiding behind this excuse of, oh, these players, I don't think they can do it, so I'm going to reduce them to negative because football. Because it's it. ant- Manchester United play anti-football at the minute. What I've seen against Fulham was very, very poor. Very poor. Harry Maguire cannot play a high line, end of. He's way too slow. Way too slow. They're playing Copenhagen. We're sitting. We're going to be sitting deep against Copenhagen. But is that the fault of the manager for Pete choosing those tactics? I think it is. I honestly think he's too reserved. I, I really do. I think he could play higher up the pitch, but he's too afraid at the minute to get beat. If Manchester United tried to play higher up the pitch and it worked and he won a few games, he would stick with it. There would be bumps in the road. It wouldn't work in every game. Some teams would get at us. Teams would score. But it would look better. I think it would win games. I think it would look a lot better. It would be a lot more fluid. And it would be a clear, identifiable philosophy and style of play 
when you bring players back into the team, they can slip back in seamlessly. But what we're saying now is that this is not the way this man wants to play because he's missing players. And when he brings in players, we're going to restart again with a new system and new tactics. It's not going to be a new system. It's going to be the system that he implemented or he wants to implement. And he cannot do that with Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans in that back line. He will be able to do that when he has Dallo, Shaw, Raphael Varane, Although there is talk of Raphael Varane going in January. There is. Why are they getting rid of Varane if Varane is the big hope for coming into defence? I don't understand this. Because Harry Maguire has shown Raphael Varane up this season. He has. Because he's played better than him. Well, that's your opinion. I mean, the man, how many man of the matches is Harry Maguire on now? Is it two in the last five? When's the last time we've seen Varane? Because we've had to sit deep and he's cleared everything in the box. Because so he, he excels. He excels in that situation. He excels in the air. I agree. So if you're getting crosses peppered into the box, that's when you want Harry Maguire on the pitch. If you want to hold a high line or play with a high line, you do not have Harry Maguire anywhere near that team. Do you think this team wins tonight against Copenhagen? Because he has Raphael Varane available, but he's choosing not to play him. Because of the system he's going to play tonight. Do you think that system beats Copenhagen? Well, I hope so. Do you, but do you, are you honestly, like, when you've seen am the I teams... Am I confident? Yeah. No. No, neither am I. And that's the point of I mean, when you are a Manchester United fan, right, and it's a Wednesday night, and you know it's a must-win in the Champions League, i got to play giddy today. Now, I'm ever the pragmatist this season, ever the negative head this season, where I don't think United are good enough under this manager to win football games. And I know I call out the system, because I really hate the system, and I don't agree with the point that he can't play a higher line. He won't play a higher line. It's not that he can't. He can't. He won't. He won't play that higher line. So I honestly seen that team sheet tonight and I thought, oh no, McTominay and Eriksen are not going to control midfield. We've seen it the other day where Christian Eriksen is going to be the deepest player in midfield, I think, tonight. And Scott won't hold. Scott will go forward because he won the ball brilliantly in Fulham in advanced positions. Uh, so, so Christian Eriksen, it's a, it's a minorly attacking setup in the sense that Christian Eriksen would be the deepest midfielder and Scott and Bruno would play forward his hands. I just I worry that it's the same tactics as Fulham. It's not the team that's annoying me. It's when you see that setup, you expect the play that we've seen at Fulham. Oh, come on, Rory. As United supporters, we worry every time that United plays a football match. What team is going to show up? What tactics is he going to play? I think if, if he had have included... It's a silly one after turning around and saying about you know different players coming in and do we expect to change, but I think if he had have played Mason Mount tonight, I would have been a bit more excited. I just, I don't understand why Mason Mount was bought in the summer if he cannot play in the same team as Bruno Fernandes. Or is there truth to the rumour that Bruno Fernandes is being courted by Saudi Arabia, one of the clubs over there, and does Eriton Hag possibly not see Bruno Fernandes for the future and sees Mason Mount as playing that role? That's the only logic I can point out. They brought Mason Mount in when they could for the future because Bruno Fernandes, who is 30 next year, could possibly. This could be his last big payday going to Saudi. Yeah. Another big one in the squad tonight. Rashford's on the right, apparently, and Garnacho on the left. Now, wait to see who lines up where, because that's where they've picked it in football with Skay and these different outlets. But I don't see Marcus Rashford playing on the right. I think Marcus Rashford takes seniority tonight, plays in his favourite left, and Garnacho goes on the right. But because of seniority, would he not shift to the right and let Garnacho? who is only establishing himself in the team playing no. his natural position. 
No, if it was me in that team, I would say, look, kid, you're playing on the right-hand side. I've, I've cut my, I think it's, my it's, bones here, so well, you go. I think it's the right call dropping Anthony for Rashford. I would much rather see Rashford play on the left, but Rashford can do a job on the right. He can. I mean, he can cut inside on that. Yeah. Or could he cross the ball better? Uh, do you know I made the point a couple of times he's the only man to find Rasmus Hoibler in this season is the thinking behind it that possibly if we switch Rashford and Anthony I mean I heard this being called out by someone before I actually think it was Ricky from the United Stamp and he said that Anthony is a player who's trying to cut in all the time on his left foot he should be out in the left wing and well, Rashford is a player constantly trying to cut in onto his right foot he should be out in the right wing and I thought oh no but that's where they're effective but if you actually think about that yeah Old school wingers. Old school wingers. What they have tried to score goals and they're not scoring goals. So now play for Ibland and see if Ibland can score. Yeah. Score prediction. Two one United. I think this has draw written all over it. I think it's going to be one each. I know that's pessimistic, but I think it is one each written. I just think this occasion tonight is going to get to a few Manchester United players. I think he has picked the old faithful, the lads that have worked. You know, longer in his system. I think he's dropped out his own signings because his own signings, you know, aren't really experienced enough to carry this over the line. But I think I can't get away from the fact that the spine of that team is poor, in my opinion. And I think Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford again this evening, we're going to see those two lads, if it doesn't go right in the first 20 minutes, try and force the issue. Yeah, that could be the problem. Yeah. And then just give the ball away and the crowd will turn on them and they will react, as we all do as Manchester United fans. But who's your hero tonight? My hero. Uh, Rasmus Hoyland. Ooh, who's your hero? Harry Maguire. Okay, I'm going to go for my hero tonight being Harry Maguire. I think Copenhagen will be in the sentence tonight with the way that team is set up. Much like we've seen Fulham in spells and I think like Fulham, Maguire clears all. Copenhagen will try and whip balls yeah, in the box. Up. They'll try and get in and, and Harry will clear all. My zero tonight, I think, is going to be Marcus Rashford. I love Marcus Rashford, but this has all the makings of a game where he tries to do too much and he tries to be the hero of last year and he falls flat doing it. But I hope I'm very wrong when he bags a hat trick there. But anyway, we will see you all at half time. Enjoy. Yeah. Bye. Half time descends in what has been utter. Fucking madness for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Well, it's 15 minutes out, so I said the past 20 minutes. What just happened? I'm shell-shocked. Yeah, we started off so well. So well. And the football was entertaining. And Rasmus got his two goals. And then it just all went to shit. That's what's so hard. The United way. As, as negative as I have been about Manchester United this season, Manchester United were very good in that first half in passages. They were proactive, they were getting at Copenhagen. The game plan was solid, they spoilt the mood. Copenhagen wanted 90 mile an hour football like we've seen in the last 15 minutes there. They didn't get it because United were sort of that lethargic pace the Manchester United can play we at. We controlled it. We did, and there was a few, and then you just, okay, we discussed it in game. The Rashford red card, mm. go for it. But to me it was a red card. Why? Because, Although Rashford is not that type of player and there was no intent, it was a dangerous move. It was a dangerous tackle. So for me, it was a red card. I agree with you that it's a dangerous tackle. 
110%, it looks a dangerous tackle. When you slow it down and you do it in milliseconds of the stamp down, it looks like a dangerous tackle. There needs to be a footballing professional brought in to referee with VAR for them to explain intent to these referees. I agree with you. That is ridiculous, that decision. If you play it at full speed, Marcus Rashford went to shield the ball and accidentally trod down on a player. That's it. That is it. It looks bad. You'll watch a thousand stills now come out over the next few days of that tackle. But in real time, in the context of football, the lad did well to win the ball, went to shield the ball across. He has gone a wee bit too far and he's come down on another player. Now people are going to turn around and say, oh, but he's looking at the player. He's looking at the player as his foot comes down. When he moves his foot, he has no awareness of that player. It just looks bad. And for a selection of referees to turn around and say that unbiasedly that that was a red card for me shows that they have never played football before and they are coming from a letter of the law, black and white, if you stamp on a player, then that's a red card. But it that's, was a stamp. It was a stamp. But he did not mean to stamp. There is a difference between stamping on somebody for me and moving your body into a position where you cannot control where your, your foot is going to land. And that's what he did for me. He went to shield the ball. He had no awareness of that player putting his foot in there. And the foot comes down and it looks bad. But it's ah, If that's a red card, it's a really, really harsh one. And you know what? Fair dues to Jimmy Carragher for coming out straight after and saying, if the referees deem that as a red card, we have a problem. Carragher played as a defender. He would have been in that position. Oh, he played in another era where that would have been let go. I can see your point. Yes, letter of the law, that's a red card. You're not going to get off with that in today's football. With four and... Well, so yes, we tell him no these lads if your defender has the momentum and your defender is coming in please don't touch him because you could say the right card you know the, the defender is coming in he has all the momentum he's the person coming in at pace Rashford is stationary but he's just won the ball does Rashford not have a right to shield the ball what did he do wrong he stood on the player that's what he did wrong did he mean to stand on him no he didn't so but he stood on it's an accident he stood on him so if you accidentally stand on somebody it's a red card now for me it was a red card but Sorry. if we accidentally stand on players now, if you've no intent to do Obviously it... Obviously what they're saying is professional footballers should be able to control the ball. Should be able to um, to to think before they make a decision, before they act instead of reacting. Well, I'll give you an example, right? I watched the Newcastle game. Kai Havertz went straight through that tackle and he caught the player accidentally by the back, but he wiped him out. But the referee's turned around and says, no, there was no intent there. His trailing foot simply caught the player. What's the difference in that and the Rashford? I think it was the angle that the, the referee watched as well, where the player's ankle actually went over, where it could have been a very, very nasty injury. Yes, and that exactly is my point. So the Kai Havertz one was the exact same situation, but it's the angle that the referee chose to look at, which amplified that situation without actually watching it in real time at real speed. And taking it into context and saying, do you know what? That looks nasty, but there was zero intent there. That's an accidental collision and probably a yellow. But it looks really bad when you slow it right down. With I agree with you. And yes. these angles of slowing the game right down. How is there any realism being applied there? Like, oh. Do you know what? As a Manchester United fan, I'm disgusted in the decision. I do see your point, I do see that yes, it does look dangerous on the video, but I just think this is getting ridiculous now where VAR is concerned, where there is no... Common sense. There's no common sense, there's no give. We need footballers in the VAR box. Yeah. We need people who have played the game, ex-professionals, trained on VAR, who 
train and build chemistry and relationships with these referees who can sit there and go, actually, lads, that isn't as bad as we're looking at in these slowed down images. But see, in the modern game, they will look at that, referees will look at that, opponents will look at that and say, it is endangering an opponent. And they are applying the letter of the law instead of applying common sense in a given situation. I understand that. But it is taking the physical side of the game away. It is turning... Champions League football is becoming the European method of interception instead of tackle. And I don't like it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's not how I grew up watching football. Maybe that's a Premier League fan's opinion on it. But it is just becoming farcically ballerina-esque where you have to be perfectly in tune and god forbid you touch a player just make sure that your foot's there not too close to him but make sure you know you touch the ball, the ball well, I'm sorry um, they just showed a replay of the Rashford tackle Rashford wasn't looking at his opponent no he was looking at the ball he was looking at the ball he didn't look at his opponent to plant his foot he was looking at the ball in the so I agree with you common sense has to be applied but unfortunately common sense far as overruling common sense by all these technicalities look it's, it's a 50-50 the player has the right to put the, his foot in there to try and win the ball because Rashford is not in complete control of the ball but Rashford has the right to shield the ball it's an unfortunate coming together and that's how it should have been deemed at the worst it's a yellow it's a yellow card and Rashford stays on they award the free kick to send it off for that is madness and it changed the whole complexion of that game and that is where I have an issue it, it, I don't know the Harry Maguire one for me is a penalty. Of course. You can't have your arm up there. No. Now, you can have feelings about that rule in football and how that is applied to football. But if your hand is in that position, and Maguire has done what Maguire does, he's reached out. He's reached up. He's reached out to grab the player back and the ball has hit his arm. He's totally a fault there. Yeah. He is. And Harry's had a solid game. But like, look, we're not going to be bogged down in decisions. One thing we talked about before the game was Manchester United's inability to play the high line. I would argue from Raphael Varane has come in at the right centre-back, Maguire and Varane have played higher up the pitch. I'd have to concede that. Yeah. So it can be done. He's just choosing not to do it. And another thing, and maybe I'm picking up on this wrong. Now, I tried to quell the thing beforehand. I said in social media, look, stop trying to pick holes in Harry Maguire's team selection. He's being picked because he has a relationship with Johnny Evans, like we discussed. And he's been playing well. Did you see how frosty it was when Varane came on to that yeah, pitch? Yeah, it's really noticeable in his body language. Absolutely. He sort of slumped. Ten Hag, Hag tried to say something to him and he walked past and didn't even make eye contact. Just sort of like, no, I'm, I'm a bit above this. And he came onto the pitch kind of like, not arrogant, like, look, you can read too much into body language, but I just thought it was a bit frosty from Varane. He, he's also sort of um, high-fived Harry Maguire and hugged Andre Onana. Yeah. So you can read into that what you will. Look, no, there's something wrong there. There is. There, and I would say it's to do with the team selection, Ten Hag's perseverance in playing with Johnny Evans. But one thing I'm going to harp back to the manager, I know I always do this, we're seeing Harry Maguire and Raphael Varane play the high line since Varane came onto the pitch. So it can be done. Oh, it can. Yeah, but we're nearly caught out with oh, our counter-attack. I see. It can be done, but you will. if Harry Maguire plays the high line, he can, he's got no recovery pace. If you get in behind... That's it. Unless Andrew Onana is on point in his game and does the sweeper keeper. Which but he they, did there this evening. Absolutely, and he did brilliantly. So it can but be done. if they're on point with their passing. But at what point, right, do you turn around and look at it and go, Manchester United could have scored after 
those decisions. We still look to be in this game. We're not out of this game. No. That high line is suiting us from an attacking sense. We look really good at getting the passes together tonight. We look kind of fluid a wee bit in transitions. I'd argue that's because of the high line. So our manager, to make my point, is choosing not to play a high line and is negating good fluid attack in football to be pragmatic. We because did. he's focusing too hard on the fact that what you're saying is correct. Oh, what if Maguire gets caught out? I don't give a fuck if Maguire gets caught out once, twice a game if you score four goals. But we didn't start implementing the high line until Rafael, Rafael Varane came on. We weren't playing the high line up until then. Yes, and my point before the game was why can Raphael Varane and Harry Maguire not play in the same team and if they played in the same team could they play the high line? And that is being shown here in that first half. Varane has come onto the pitch and they can play the high line. So they are choosing tactically from our manager's instruction not to play it. That's a mistake from Eric Ten Hag. A consistent flaw in what he is doing in the coaching and management of Manchester United at the minute. The refusal to play Raphael Varane with Harry Maguire and implement a higher line with a more attacking style of play. So I you're can't ignore it. Pick a system and stick with it. Stick with it. And I concede the point. There are injuries. But I would much rather have those injured players come back into a recognised style of play and a recognised system like we're seeing since Raphael came onto the pitch rather than coming back in and having to change the system, tactics and style of play again to compensate for these more attacking players. Just play it. If Varane is fit playing with Maguire, play the high line. If Maguire gets caught out, Maguire gets caught out. Do you know what? We can all turn around and say, do you know why this is going wrong? It's because of Maguire. And I will take that. Maguire's the problem. But unless he plays it and shows us that this team can play it, it falls on him and he falls on his sword for not playing that style of play for me, Mum. And that is what has annoyed me about Arthur Hag. It's too pragmatic. It's too negative for the sake of it. And tonight... If Ferran has been given the instruction to sit back, he is not listening. He's playing as a third midfielder. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe Ferran's not listening. Because we all seen that interaction on the touchline with the manager. And it looks better. So the manager's at fault. It does look we'll better. We'll see what way that high line goes in the second half, because we are down to 10 men now. We are. Do you know what? We talked about it before, and we're going to get what I, what I called out. The Ange Postacogli method. Do you sit back now and do you defend against Copenhagen and try and hit them in the counter? Or do you... Sit deep. Not sit deep. Do you play the no, high line? sit deep. No, play the high line. Sit deep and play the you counter. You need to win. Don't play on the counter. Go for Copenhagen's throat, even with 10 men. You still have the better players. Take this team out of it. They were. They got their... So we lose valiantly. That's what you're saying. Yes. What? Because do you know what? See if they sit back and Copenhagen make a goal, he's going to get his head bit off. So why not go out in your shield? Well, see, this is where the media and social media come into play. He's not going to get his head bit off. It's Rashford and Maguire that are going to get it in the neck if we lose this game. Look, if he sits Unfortunately, back... Unfortunately, on those two lads. This is scenario esque, right? There's so many scenarios we come here. He sits back. He nicks a goal against Copenhagen. He gets away with it and we turn around and go, you know what? It was practical. It worked. He sits back. Copenhagen nicked the goal. United fans will be absolutely furious, right? And I would say there are people that are going to agree with me here. I want Manchester United to come out with 10 men, play the high style of football that i seen at the end of that half, attack Copenhagen, and if we could beat, we could beat. Fuck. Just go for it. At least we went for it. At least we fucked this pragmatic, nonsense, negative football. Go for it. Maguire and Varane camped on the halfway line. The fullbacks inverted and pushing up. The wingers out wide. 
I would take Christian Eriksen off for Sophie and Amrabat now so that it has the cover in the midfield where if it goes wrong, Amrabat can come clambering back. No, I agree with you. Keep Bruno out on the right, keep Garnacho out on the left and start whipping the ball in for Ireland. I'm not seeing enough crosses. Just keep crosses coming. What do you think happens in the second half? Do we win? Do we lose? I can see us nicking it by a goal. Oh, Amrabat's warming up. He looks to be out there on the pitch, but he hasn't taken Christian Erickson has to be taken off. Yes, Christian Erickson does. He's going to be alive in the mainland system. Look, I think if he comes out and he attacks, he beats Copenhagen still. I was impressed with that first half, and you know how negative I can be. I think if he comes out and he attacks them, Manchester United win this game. I think if he sits deep and he tries to sit deep, it's anybody's game, and Copenhagen probably will do this because it's indicative of Manchester United's season. Well, they have got the momentum now because they've come from two goals behind. Well, look, the instruction is coming to Sophie and Amrabat. We know it's coming on. I'm going to guess it's Christian Eriksen. I could be wrong, but let's see how this second half goes. Oh, my God. Hold your breath, folks. Hold your breath. Novena said. (laughs) And the full-time whistle blows. It's it's deflating. It's one of those ones where you just look at it and you just don't know how to react or how to feel. It's... Describe it. How is it? Well... It's the best I've seen United play in a long time. I agree wholeheartedly. It was valiant. It I think was. is the word. It, they played as a team and it came down to individual errors. And I think it bodes well for going forward, but I'm an optimist and I know that I do your head in with my optimism, right? Because you, uh, you, you nitpick, but I, there are players, Harry Maguire, I have to say hats off to Harry Maguire. Yeah. Oh my he god, was, I thought he scored at the end. Well, that was never a free kick. If it just gets under the cross He's so brave and he played well tonight, but I think frustrating. The word that I will use for that Man United team is frustrating. Why can't they put that effort in every time they go out on the pitch? Yeah, I mean I would love to go off on one here and have a reaction, but no. I'm quietly optimistic with that performance. I don't think we're seeing a team that isn't playing for the manager. I think we're seeing a team that quite simply got beat tonight by a refereeing decision to send off Marcus Rashford. I think at 11 men, Manchester United beat Copenhagen and they go through. And I'm looking at Copenhagen here, and Copenhagen are celebrating like they won a cup final because 10 men of Manchester United made them play as if it was a cup final. They were good, Manchester United. They had chances. They could have scored other goals. They were... Very proactive. I called for them to play a proactive, high-pressing football in the second half. They tried it for 15-20 minutes, and as the game went on, I think a combination of legs, the 10 men, yeah. everything sort of got away from us. And that's fine. But I think we lived and died by our, our style of play tonight. Um, very, very hard to take. It's just one of it, those it's games where... It's a hard result to take. I'm not going to nitpick that one. I can't. I think there were a lot of positives there. Very there were a lot of positives. Well, my man of the match is Aaron Wambasaka. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Uh, and, and Harry Maguire as well. He was outstanding tonight. And I, I will hold my hands up. I want him sold. I don't think that he is a player for going forward. But he was... He was brave. He was proactive. He burst he, through midfield at the end of the game. Like a champion. Once we went behind, Harry Maguire fought tooth and nail for every ball. When he knew he wouldn't influence the game from centre-back, he pushed himself higher up the pitch. He almost scored at the end. I just think Harry Maguire is not... When it comes to levels of talent and it comes to levels of playing ability, I'll never 
say that Harry Maguire is good enough to start for Manchester United, but at the moment, in the current crop of players that we have to play, how can you drop the lot? When he was asked to play the high line with Raphael Varane, he played it in phases at the end of the second half, and he played it in phases at the start of the, or sorry, at the end of the first half, and he played it in phases at the start of the second half. And I just think that boy is capable of playing that football, but we aren't playing it because our manager doesn't want to play it. But I hope he has looked at that. I hope he has seen the performance of his centre-backs, Raphael Varane and Harry Maguire. And I hope when I watch them play against Luton, I'm going to see Maguire and Varane play a high line because it can be done. I, you're 100% right. Mistakes will be made. Players will get in behind them. But it looks so much better than the negative it's, dross I watched day it, on day. It looks more proactive. And what I loved about what the result was horrible. It really was. And very, very disappointing because we went 2-0 up and then the red card. But there was fight in that team tonight. There was. And they played as a team tonight. And you know, I've been really critical of Garnacho because I'm a, I'm a massive Rashford fan. But I have to say, I can see what people are talking about now. There is a fight in that lad that I haven't seen in any United player in a long, long time. He fights tooth and nail for every single ball. He's willing to run every plate of grass. And although I think his end product and his middle product at times is poor, and in that I mean his take-ons are frustrating, he doesn't get beyond people. It's frustrating sometimes watching him compete for the ball and, and fluff it and not make the right decisions. But his fight, the amount of times he wins the ball back, the amount of times he fights for a ball and gets a decision, is commendable. So but I think Rashford has an uphill battle to try and put that boy to the team. He is at the start of his development. He's a young player who has just had his breakthrough season. And I think there's it bodes well for the team because he can only get better. And he's tenacious. Yeah. He, I, I, I agree with you, he will fight for every ball. His defensive, he's got no real defensive frailties, not for me. He will come back and he will defend. and He defends will, very well. Very well. And he can, he's a great engine. He can run up and down for 90 minutes plus. And one thing I will say, not to part back to the Ray Cure because we already covered it is, there were frailties in Marcus Rashford's ability to defend that. And I think it was a very wingerish decision to make in the box. I, I'm not going to get drawn into whether it's a red card or not. But when I see Garnacho defend, there's a tenacity. And Rashford does everything sort of blasé-ish at the minute, which is kind of frustrating. And in times I watch Marcus Rashford, and I, you know it, and I am the biggest Marcus Rashford fan. But I thought, you can do so much more. It's not jumping for headers. It's... You know, just watching the game pass you on and you're thinking, he's not elite. He's not elite, but he's a good footballer. But Marcus Rashford's game is counter... You know, it counter-attacking is, football. Sorry, thank you. Counter-attacking football. He doesn't want to do the defensive part of it. Yeah. He, um, when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was there, it was, don't come back. Stay, you know, protect yourself, save the other save side of your yourself line, for the long burst yeah. runs, your hamstring run. injuries, and your that's, calf injuries. That's, that's, his, uh, that's his strength, is his speed. But once that goes, where is he? Yeah, big take here. Sophie and Amrabat so far is awful. I want the Sophie, Sophie and Amrabat that played in the World Cup, I want the Sophie and Amrabat that played from. For Fiorentina. Yeah, but horses. But where we, we is talk he? about. We use the phrase "horses for courses" so often on this podcast. Is he the wrong person in the wrong team in the wrong system? He doesn't look up to speed. He's he a misfit. Look at the he looks it. He's a misfit. 
I'm seeing an Amrabat that receives the ball in defeat and looks constantly for the easy pass. He looks for the oh, pass. pass. That's it, the easy pass. He yeah. doesn't want to play a proactive football. He doesn't want to turn on a sixpence and run. He's so underconfident that he won't take the ball proactively forward in midfield. How many times did he give the ball away tonight? Isn't and a couple of times he cost real chances that could have been goals. But sorry, what were you going to say? Is it, you hit the nail on the head. Is his confidence low? I want to believe it's confidence because there's a real footballer in there. Like the Sofia Amrabat who got all the stats and glories in that World Cup and uh, for Fiorentina as being a, a ball-winning midfielder with a real proactive approach to running with the ball and progressive passing forwards is not being shown in a Manchester United shirt. Now, I don't know if that is a player devoid of confidence or a player being miscoached, tactically underused, playing in the wrong system, playing in the wrong setup. I can't put my finger on it at the minute, but I just know that watching this boy play football at the minute justifies him being on the bench. I don't think anyone can call for Sophie and Amrabat to be in the starting lineup, even in the Luton game, because what we're seeing is really, really poor. And I'm a big believer that players need to play 90 minutes to play themselves into form, but not when they are costing us what Sophie and Amrabat is costing us, and that's yeah. possession, turnovers, and real goal scoring opportunities to the opposition. That can't be allowed. There has to be a certain standard for poor football, and he is even below poor football. He's dire at the minute. He's not contributing anything to this team. And I shouted for Sophie and Amrabat to come on for Christian Eriksen, and I have to say I got that wrong. I think Amrabat offered nothing in that second half. Yeah, but let's be honest here. Sophie and Amrabat down tools for Fiorentina and sat in the airport all summer with no pre-season waiting on the call for Man United. I agree. He is not much fit. We're in November. Exactly. We are in November. But he had no pre-season. He is adjusting to a different league. Yeah, there are variables that will come into it. And do you know what? I want to give this boy the benefit of the doubt because I'm a big believer in this lad. I think he's a cracking midfielder. A really energetic, box-to-box, on-his-day midfielder who can transform games. We all seen it when he played for Morocco. We have seen it in glimpses when you've watched Fiorentina. Now I watch... A bit of Italian football because I'm a byproduct of my generation and we grew up with Football Italian Channel 4 and I bought into it and I'm a by fan of Roma and stuff like that and I love to watch certain Italian games. So I've seen the games when we played against Roma and stuff last season and you've seen this boisterous, box-to-box, energetic, all-around dynamo of a player and then you watch him in Manchester United and it's like somebody has muzzled him. He's timid. Yeah. It's like somebody has told him, no, that's not the way this game is played. You know, you can't just be throwing yourself about. And and when he does throw himself about, he's giving away fouls. He just hasn't adapted to the pace of the Premier League. Or in these instances tonight, he hasn't adapted to his teammates. He doesn't... You could see it in times tonight, one. He didn't receive the ball from his teammates because his teammates are looking and going, oh... It's almost like that player on the pitch. And remember, there would be certain players on the pitch. I was one of them when I tried to play midfield and five sides and stuff and you would look people with the better players on the pitch would look up and see me stand midfield and I'd be open looking for the ball like nope that's it. I'm not giving you the ball you can't do that you can defend fair enough but I'm not going to pass the ball but do you, you, think, do you not think that's the shadow of Casemiro do you not think people are comparing him to Casemiro at this point and say alright oh, he's the understudy for Casemiro right totally different players but that's what the um, the average Joe in the street are saying, oh, Amrabat's coming in for Casemiro, and he's not a Casemiro player. 
To be overly analytical, I think if your players on the pitch are not trying to find you with those passes and don't trust you to play the ball into those pockets of space where you could they be under pressure. Like them. No, it's not a like thing. It's you have to wonder these boys are together, right? Monday to Friday and heart back to the coaching on the training pitch. What are his players seeing on the training pitch where they don't trust him to give him the ball? And I go back to something as simple as five a side. If we play five a side once a week, and people know that I'm uncomfortable if somebody is beside me with the ball and they know that they can't play that pass. That's a once a week thing. I are all of a sudden earn this trick where I'm not the boy to give the ball to if I'm under pressure. But you have players playing with this lad Monday to Friday. Now we're deep into the season in the first, you know, so first, quartet, part first part of the season. And they're still not trying to play the ball to this lad. So they're seeing something in Sophie and Amrabat that is going wrong. Either they haven't warmed to him. And they don't understand how he plays the game and he doesn't understand how they play the game. Or they're seeing something that we're not and they're thinking, do you know what? This guy could maybe be a wee bit overhyped and he's not as good as you think he is. Well, I think at present that he is more um, a, a more defensive midfielder than Casemiro. Casemiro is progressive midfielder. So whether that is the case, I don't know. But I think Amrabat will come good. He just needs more time, more adjustment. More minutes so. on the pitch. I mean, do you know what? I would love to have a reactionist approach to this. I, I just don't. I don't feel disheartened by that performance. I don't think that I can honestly sit here and rant and vent and that would be a true reflection of what I feel right now. It's disappointing. It's massively disappointing. It's gut-wrenching. I don't think it was the worst performance by Manchester United tonight. I think it was commendable in certain points and I think... It's really fucking hard to take, but at the same time... But it's football. It turns its head into decisions. It turns its head into decisions. And that was it. it And that's where we are. And luck is not on our side this season, and we know that. And we just have to wait and see what turns the corner after the international break. United will beat Luton at the weekend. There is no doubt in my head United will beat Luton. This is hard to take. I'm sure the commercial cogs are starting to turn with our board above and they're going, oh my God, he's crashed out of the Champions League, which we have. It would take a miracle to go and beat Bayern Munich and Galatasaray now. Munich, I would say, will effectively beat us in Old Trafford. They're through, but they'll still try and beat United because United could be a big proposition to them if they were to go deeper into the competition and get all their players back. So they'll try and beat us. And I'd have no faith in speaking Galatasaray. So I think that's us done. But I'm not... I'm fucking gutted. But I'm not disheartened by the performance. Well, can I just say a message here? And maybe it's sentimental as a mother, right? Right. Please don't dig out Marcus Rashford tonight. Please don't do that on social media. It is a decision that could have went either way. Yeah, it's a 50-50 decision. And he did not lose us the match. He did. He, he didn't, he didn't. And I'm not his biggest fan. I do not think that Marcus Rashford is the be and end all that Roy does. But please, do not dig him out tonight. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's one thing he says, it, it did cost us the game. But I don't think he cost us I the game. Don't I don't think, think it I think was. he'll feel completely hard done by this evening. The, the red card and going down to 10 men is what I'm saying cost us the game. But that lad had no control over that situation. And on another day, I don't think he was off. No. And that's my whole honest truth on that. But, look, I don't know what else to say on that one. Yeah. It just is what it I is. I thought it was it's encouraging. Deflating. I thought there was passages play and 
Harry Maguire had a good game. I know he gave away a penalty, but it's football. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's called a decisions. Our so. Champions League campaign has been shit. I, I don't. I do not want us to drop into the Europa League. No. I one would final finish point. Bottom of that group. One final point to make. I don't want to see United play in the Europa League no. this season. I think the league has to and, be the focus, and, and I think United would benefit massively from having one game a week for certain spells this season Absolutely. and being able to work on the training pitch. Because see the Ange effect. I think the Ange effect is a byproduct of harder, longer training sessions, whereas our season is broken up now by a couple of training sessions, then the next game, then a couple of training sessions, then the next game, and tactics being up and changed and, you know, modified to face the different oppositions that we're playing. I just want to see United train Monday to Friday, take a break, and then play the opposition in the league games. For my own head to see is Eric Ten Hag good enough, because I have been very anti-Ten Hag, but this is a perfect opportunity here to see if this is the man or if he's not. Yeah, and for me saying that I don't want to see us drop into the Europa League, it's not a snobby elitist thing, or we're too good for the Europa League, we're absolutely not. But it is, for what Rory said, it is, I just don't want European football. No. I think we need to concentrate on building that team, get momentum going, and it is just... We're at a situation that we are where we are. But that isn't Manchester United, so that's a very naive approach. Manchester United in the background now, from the powers above, will be harping at Derek and Hag, right, you're failing in the Champions League, get yourself into the Europa League. You know, a bit of money is better than no money, so let's oh, play no, we need Oh, no, we need a reset on that. We do you know definitely what? It, do. The realistics and the optics and everything that you want to call out, that is football now. And that is the commercial juggernaut of Manchester United. We will play in the Europa League. I'm just giving my opinion. I'd rather see us crash out. I think you agree on that. Yeah. Look, that's been dire. I don't know what else. I'm sure you're all feeling deflated. Um, I don't know what I can say about that. Bit of a misreaction. To it. I don't know what else to say, I guess. It was a roller coaster. Yeah, it was, it was a roller. I feel emotionally drained. I'm going to bed off this. <laughs> I swear, what the fuck? Oh, no, that? I'm going to read the forums. It's going to be epic tonight. I want to park the forums for the sake of my own mental health. <laughs> just read oh, no, them tomorrow. It's, it's, it's going to be so funny. And that's what I love. Oh, well... It's but that's the only joy I get out of a Man United defeat because of the amount of oh toxicity and oh uh, it, it it's just it's entertaining. Listen to all those listening. We're going to be back on Friday with family therapy. We'll catch up on all the stories. No doubt there's going to be reactionless views on this game tonight. Um, we'll bring you all the stuff that's going on in the news and the media reaction to the press conference. Give us a listen in, guys, if you're enjoying it. Send us all your feedback. We've got two social media pages, one on Twitter, one on Instagram, exact same names. I don't think anybody coined the phrase Friday, the Irish Voice podcast. And thanks for listening. Look, if you're a United fan, try and take some optimism from the fact that we didn't embarrass ourselves tonight. It could have it could have been better. It could have been a lot better. Could have, should have, would have. Just take everybody's views on board. Don't be a prick. No. Just listen to what people have to say, and yeah, we go again against Luton on Saturday. Another day, another dawn. Bye, everyone.